Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another broadcast of The Unexplained World. A world for some of us, no explanation is needed. And for others, that is why we are here. With your hosts, Edward Chanahan, a psychic medium, paranormal explorer, and author, along with Annette, who is a pagan truth seeker. The Unexplained World is a location where the border between the natural and supernatural may become nothing more than fuzzy. So enjoy. Hello, listeners. Welcome to the November 5th broadcast of the Unexplained World. Or November 6th, I'm sorry. Broadcast of the Unexplained World with your host, Edward Shanahan. It's me and Annette. Hello, Annette. Hello, and how are you tonight? Uh, besides getting my days mixed up. <laughs> um, <laughs> October 6th. It's no problem. <laughs> November. Oh, it's October. Yeah. Damn. It's October. Yeah, Jeez. October 6th. I'm already thinking. Time. That, that, that would take away the holidays. <laughs> yeah, I'm already, you know, <laughs> I'm already looking at dates that I'm booked or booking or whatever. So, um, yeah, I'm trapped in the November mode because most of October is already taken care of. So, how are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Okay, I've seen you. You got something going on next weekend that you can, do you want to push or plug or whatever? Oh, what do I got going on next weekend? I got a pancake breakfast on Saturday. Oh, is that for the inflatable, inflatables you're looking for? Breakfast with the Ghostbusters. Who are you going to call? <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, pancake breakfast with the Ghostbusters. And it raises money to continue um, our bat research and monitoring program through the Isaac Walton. Uh, We've been getting some bat calls from our bat habitats that show that we might possibly have endangered and threatened bats uh, Hmm. staying over at our conservation property. So we've got some experts looking at the data, and we're pretty excited about raising some funds to continue that work. Yeah, they the bats know they're in good hands when they're lying around your neighborhood. Um, if, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys picked up any of those sound um, devices to pick up the bats, those sonar and all that? Well, what it is, it just no, it just picks up the calls of the bats. So okay. when the bats are chirping or you know mm-hmm. making their sounds. 
it picks that up. So that way we can identify them because each bat has a different call. Okay, okay. And then we've also okay. got some some cameras in there in the habitat that allow us to see, you know, the creatures coming and going and tell us what different kinds and sizes, if they're, um, you know, if they're multiplying, if there's a bunch of baby bats waiting for mama to come back during the night or something, you know, we can we can tell all that stuff. So uh, it's all in its brand new early phases. We just started uh, this past summer, and uh, we've already gotten some great information. So it's pretty exciting. The the 4-H group is putting out a pancake breakfast, which raises money that helps the the bat program, and that's going nice. to be at 800 Noni from Indiana at the Discovery School in their gymnasium, 8 to 11 a.m. Come on down for pancake sausages, and we got a, the live South Shore Ghostbusters will be with us. Mark Hagen, he's been on the show before, my buddy. He's going to be, uh, he's the one of the lead busters, and he's going to be out there, and uh, it's great for kids. So we good, have a great good. time. Yeah. yeah. And possibly some inflatables and things to uh yeah, you know, to entertain the kids with. Gymnasium. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> super, super, super. Um, yeah. We'll get to our guest in a couple minutes, Mr. Charles Williams. He will be joining us mm-hmm. in a minute or so. Um, the other thing I'd like to say is there's going to be a paranormal night at Senator Johns Humphrey's house, November 2nd. The first is filled. So Saturday, November 2nd, uh, from 630 on. Till whenever we finish, we figure I figure four hours. And what do people expect in that. Uh, everything from investigation to me taking them each individuals and pairs of two, getting them to relax to the point where they can um, pick up any energy, any emotions left in the rooms. Um, spirit communication sessions. EVPs I can do. I got a little bit. I got oh. some equipment. Um, there'll also be an outdoor tour, uh, walking tour, because right down the block is other buildings with history of hauntings in them. So, uh, and then we end the night with my circle of energy seance. So. Uh, oh, sounds like a full night. A lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, I try to. Try to make it a full one for everybody and for their enjoyment and um, experience and learning. So that'll um, be November 2nd. And nice thing is the fee is only $30 per person. When you have down, you can pay the difference at the door. So um, it's not like I'm trying to, you know, or the historical society is trying to. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> no. Um, the other thing is, if anybody's interested, just go to edwardshanahan.com, and you'll see um, live events dates, okay? And just click on that link, and it'll take you right into all the information about it, okay? All right, what do you say we bring in our our guest, paranormal investigator and producer, Charles Williams? for tonight's interview. Yeah, so please, let's, let's get him on the line. I want to hear what okay, he's got to say. Okay, I'm clicking on the 
clicking on the icon and it's spinning and buffering and we now have Mr. Charles Williams. Hello, Charles. Hello, Mr. Shanahan. Thanks for having me tonight. How you doing, sir? Very good, very good. Thank you. Good, good, good. And and that is with us and she's out Hi, of the Charles. north. Hello, ma'am. She's yeah, right, I and that is Indiana. That's right. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. right there on the beach, right near next to the beach, not right on it, right next to the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Indiana. You fall Both under the umbrella of that location, right? Yeah, sure, I certainly sure do. do. The weather umbrella. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what area are you from, Charles? You you got a Indiana number? Yeah, North. Yeah, I'm in Hammond, Indiana. Okay, okay. Have you come across Mr. Hagen in the past? Mark Hagen? Uh, no, he's I haven't. Okay. okay. He's, an, he's an investigator out there. Um, if you listen to one of our past broadcasts, he talks about, well, there's a city that welcomes paranormal investigators investigators the city hall actually with open arms so uh hmm. i will leave that for let's look off mr hagan he was our guest and he talks about that so um okay yeah yeah it's very uh very very now, i was actually a shocked. filmmaker is that right yes ma'am uh i have made three so far and about to start on the fourth one um, the newest one I've did is called The Day the Circus Didn't Come to Town, and it's about the Hagenbeck Wallace Circus train wreck that happened, oh, about a hundred years ago, just a little over in Gary, Indiana. And uh, they were on their way to Hammond to perform, and uh, the train had a breakdown, and while they were trying to take care of what was going on, you know, this is World War One. there was an empty troop train coming in behind them, and it basically just plowed into the back of them and Ooh. ended up killing about 86 people and hmm. another 120 injured. And uh, I read an interesting article. Uh, the circus came back through about a month later and they were going to make up the performance they had lost and uh, one of their uh, advanced people that came through and talked to reporters uh, he said that they may not ever know the true death toll you know because this is in the days before social security and really good record keeping and you would literally sometimes pick up roustabouts in the city you had just came from. And, you know, the old story of run away and join the circus was alive and well. (laughs) And yeah. uh, So, so that's, that's where they were with that. And they buried the, uh, talk about where they buried up the people. Yeah, there was a, the Showman's League of America, there's sort of a union, if you will, for uh, the outdoor entertainment industry. 
And uh, the very first president they had was uh, Buffalo Bill Cody. And they had bought a cemetery plot in Woodlawn Cemetery just really two or three months before the wreck. And they had no idea they were going to use it that soon. But when they heard about it, they're like, yes, bring your whoever needs a, you know to be buried, bring them here. So there's roughly 57, 58 graves there. They they made a mass grave. And, um, yeah, that's in Forest Park, Illinois. That's Woodlawn Cemetery. And the, the site of the graves you can't miss because it's got two circus elephants, one or two. How many? Uh, well, there's actually five. There's a, a really okay. big one that says Showman's League of America, and then it's bordered by four smaller ones. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I've seen it, so it's pretty neat over there. It's pretty mm-hmm. neat. Annette, are you had a question? Any, are we seeing any psychic or supernatural things happening around the train wreck itself, the location of the wreck, or more so at the burial site? Um, well, there were claims <clears throat> in in three different places. One was the train wreck site, uh, one was the cemetery itself, and then also where they had their winter headquarters in Peru, Indiana. <clears throat> Now, um, when I went to make the documentary, I, you know, contacted each area to see if paranormal investigation could happen, and the the Hall of Fame responded first. They said, well, you know, we used to let paranormal investigators come in, but we more did that as a way to help raise money for building funds and to help maintain the buildings and we're getting away from that and we don't feel anything's haunted around here Mm, okay so yeah so that put a fork in that one um i worked with the showman's league which um and the cemetery and had to go through a lot of red tape in order to be able to film there um Mm. And the way we did that one is we did it more in the guise of a listening experiment because one of the big claims is people said they would hear animal noises in the graveyard. Um, Now, one of the things that made me not believe in the hauntings is no animals were killed in the train wreck. Um, it, was okay. only, it was only the performers. Um, they had two trains. The first one had the animals and tents and things like that. That made it through all the way to Hammond just fine. Um, it was the second one that broke down, and, uh, you know, it had the performers and that. So, so th- yeah, they're the only ones buried out there. Um, and... You know, and on top of that, Brookfield Zoo is like only a five-minute drive away. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Yeah, so I, I I spoke to a 
a person from the Sycamore Natural History Museum, and they talked about animal sounds, how far they could travel in the documentary. And so, so that was our hypothesis, is that the animal noises were coming from Brookfield Zoo. Okay. And um, now if you were going to do a thorough scientific experiment, you know, you'd be out there, I don't know, three, four weeks maybe. Well, since since I foot the bill for everything, we had one night. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, it was a very quiet night. We didn't even hear a peep in the morning. But, you know, that also goes towards those claims. And... Um, you know, we thoroughly reviewed all of our videotapes, our mic, or our audio recordings, and uh, we didn't have one EVP. Um, about the only shred of evidence we had is there was an actual deer that was walking through the cemetery, kind of looking at us, wondering what we were doing. But, <laughs> but yeah, that, that that was the only thing close we got that night. Okay. Now, however, the crash site, that's a different story. Mm. Um, now, I, I had been out there a few times myself, and I only got one EVP. And when I heard it, I'm like, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. I had to play it three or four times before it registered in my head. It, and it was a gruff male voice that said, boo. I said, boo. <laughs> Never when I started this did I think I would hear boo. I'm going to say boo, huh? <laughs> yeah, but leave it to a circus performer. Sure. And, and uh, but yeah, I I don't I don't know what to account for this now. Like I said, you know, I I'd been out there in the past and only gotten one EVP. Um, but you know, we went on exactly the hundred year mark. Right at the time the crash happened, close to uh, 3, 4 in the morning, and uh, we had a lot of static electricity in the air. You know, there was a a thunderstorm, which uh, we didn't have a lot of time. The rain broke, and we had maybe an hour, two hours to be out there before it started again, and um, we we, we did get some... uh, pretty good evidence out there that night in what sense what by evidence the evps um, or what, was there more yeah mostly evps um there were a couple of people had some personal experiences things they saw but we couldn't substantiate them with video mm-hmm. evidence mm-hmm. um but, yeah, there was one circus performer, one of the tragedies of the circus. His name was Joe Coyle. He was a clown. And he had basically begged the circus uh, to be to have his family come with him. And because there were some cancellations, they allowed him to bring his family. Now, when the crash happened... Somehow he got thrown out of the train and barely had a scratch on him. Mm-hmm. But his his wife and two kids were trapped in the train wreck. Aww. And now 
if if that wasn't bad enough, the wreckage started fire because they were using some old coal oil lanterns. Yeah. Sure. And so uh, one of the news stories says that he could hear his son <clears throat> saying, Papa, help me, I'm burning. Oh, and no. He, yeah, he was out there trying to remove these boards with his hands and basically had to be pulled away. So I can just imagine what he went through that night. And I asked, you know, I said, Joe Coyle, are you here? And we got back something that said like an M here, like a mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, at one point, I was reading off a list of the people that they knew had died in the wreck, and um, there was like a lighting guy, and I, I forget his name at this time, but when I called his name, uh, it sounded like it came right in between us, like the guy was standing in between me and the cameraman, and he said, here. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, so those what? are two of the biggest ones that uh, came comes to mind. In your document, are you were you able to get your hands on any photographs of the performers or anything like that? Uh yes. Um Cool. The Peru Natural History Museum worked with me and uh, got a ton of photo evidence from back in the day. Um in fact, I was able to find an old newsreel. Um, now, they were working with different circuses, mm-hmm. but um, some, you know, a few of the big names that were associated with the circus from time to time was Emmett Kelly, the clown, oh. uh, Tyrell Jacobs, the lion tamer, and... Um, Oh, God, the Hall of Fame's going to kick me in the rear end. I can't remember the name of the other lion tamer. Oh, shame on me. But, yeah, I, I, I found an old newsreel which had uh, uh, Emmett Kelly and the uh, lion tamer, so we were able to use some clips from that. But, yeah, that was uh, really nice. And, and the whole city of Peru, um kind of open their doors and when you're doing these sometimes you set off to tell a certain story and you come to a fork in the road and Peru where the circus was headquartered and it's only about a couple hours drive away from here uh, the circus culture is still very much alive they they have an amateur circus where they train kids to do these stunts um, tr- you know, anything from trampoline to high wire. And uh, once a year during circus week, they put on this big performance, and it's as good as any circus you can go to across the country. And that's where again? Uh, Peru, Indiana. Huh. Interesting. How far is that from you, Annette? You know? I'm not even sure. It's quite far south. Is that right, Charles? Well, if if she's Cast from things. Northwest Indiana, then it's it's about a two hour drive. Well, that's not okay. bad. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Like Indy-ish. Okay. Huh. Mm-hmm. Cool. 
cool. We'll have nice. to look that now, up next time they do that performance and go. <laughs> yeah. Did was there was a movie back in the forties, I believe, late forties, maybe early fifties, probably early fifties, with Jimmy Stewart. And it was about a a circus. He played a clown. Mm. Do you recall which movie? Do you recall the movie? And there was a huge train wreck with the circus, blah, blah, blah. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, that might have been the greatest show on earth. Right. Um, that was it. Charlton yes. Heston was in it. And, yes. Yes. And it, and it won Best Picture back in the day. Yeah, I'm wondering if they got any of the ideas because you never really hear about circus trains. You know, this actually the one you're writing about, you wrote about, you did that documentary on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about the only one I've ever heard of with a big crash. So I'm wondering if they're fed into the storyline some with the movie, you know. So. Yeah, they're saying it kind of inspired uh, that that scene in the movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Was, did you ever see the movie in that? don't think I have, but we know that circuses traveled by train all the time. I mean, that was Back their MO. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's not not far-fetched to think that, you know, in order to have a crisis in a circus, it would be a train wreck. Mm-hmm. It's a good movie if you could catch it, if you could catch it. So. Um, okay. They do play it often. So. Um, now, Do you think your investigations help? Would you be doing this if you weren't a paranormal investigator? Um, the documents. Well, I had wanted to get into TV or movies out of high school. But at the time, I knew a lot of guys who were going to school for those things, but they weren't working. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, my God, I need to get into something I can make some money at. Yeah. Um, so I, so I, I didn't follow what I really wanted to do. And, mm-hmm. you know, if I would have known then what I know now, I would have just went to school for it. Um, because after talking to a lot of these guys, they were just hoping they would find something in Chicago or close to home. So that's why yeah. they weren't working. And, yeah. you know, in, in that field, you got to go where where the action is. So, you know, they just didn't want to move away, so they weren't working. But um, as time went on, um, it was about, oh, six, seven years now. Um, I happened to be walking through a Best Buy, and I walked by the video cameras, and um, Sony and Panasonic had some, like, home video cameras, that which really like the Sony's I bought can shoot up to 4K and I mm-hmm. was like holy cow um yeah. because the 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 price point had came down to a level that it was affordable to buy this stuff yeah and uh so so that's when I got into it you know and slowly you know I I bought a couple of cameras bought some lights so you know, slowly but surely, I built up a good little base of equipment and was able to start in this. Now, the now, a thousand, 
Go ahead, Annette. No, I was just going to ask about uh, other films that he's been worked on. Uh, yeah, the very first one I did, um, well, you know, I'm associated with uh, Dale Kazmarek and the Ghost Research Society. Um, I, I hunt with them quite a bit, and um, one of the uh, big stories that came out of Dale's group was Judy Huff's uh, spirit photograph from bachelor's grove cemetery and people have been arguing about the viability of that for the last 25 26 years um is it real is it fake and uh that's what i did the first documentary about you know pictures worth a thousand words Mm -hmm. and um the second one i did i worked with dr chuck kennedy um, and he works with a group of psychics, and they, they call themselves Project Psy. And, um, you know, Dr. Chuck's a retired neurologist, and one of the things they tried to do is work, well, not only with psychics, but also, oh, God, he's going to kick me in the hiney. I, I can't remember remote viewers. There you yeah. go. Oh, sure. He, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, we had Dr. Also, Chuck on our show. Yes, we had Chuck oh, Kennedy nice. on our show. Yeah, about, about yeah. eight months ago, I believe. So. Yeah, and uh, his group helps bring back missing children. That's You know, they, they work on all kind of cases of people that are missing, but um, they have a really soft spot for the children, and so far they've brought back help, help well, They've helped law enforcement bring back about uh, a little over 50 kids now at this point. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, – yeah, uh, Christina Rake um, is also in that. She's the uh, bishop, and she, uh, she she works with projects. I, you know, she has some psychic ability herself. And uh, there's a section where she talks about uh, healing. And um, so, yeah, so so that's another part of that documentary. And um, in November, uh, we're going to be starting uh, a new one on the Diana of the Dune story. Mm -hmm. And uh, that one's pretty interesting because... um, there's a the way it starts there's a guy who owns a general store and he has a bunch of these fishermen now this is at the dunes before 1220 you know you had fishermen hunters going out there the land was really swampy in places and mm-hmm. you know th- there were people living in Chesterton and, and such but not a lot of people out around the dunes as there is now right and this general store owner is seeing these hunters and fishermen come in, and he's having a rush on binoculars. Everybody wants a pair, and he stops one of them, and he's like, why are all you guys wanting these binoculars? And the guy says, well, I don't know if we're going crazy or what, but we're seeing a nude woman out there swimming in the lake. We don't know <laughs> if it's a mermaid, if we're hallucinating or what. 
Um, <laughs> so the the story eventually gets out to a Chicago reporter because all these wives are starting to get mad that their husbands are trying to look for a nude woman on the beach. And mm-hmm. he he goes out there and tracks her down. Now, it's not a crazy woman like you would expect or someone who wants to go out there and be a hermit. Um, she graduated Phi Beta Kappa from University of Chicago. And mm-hmm. she, she she would basically swim like that every now and then, not just thinking, you know, well, who's going to see me out here? Um well, and she had terrible eyesight was part of the reason why she left Chicago in the first place. So she might not even have a clue that anybody was out there peeking. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, one of the stories that was going around. And at personally, I don't think her eyesight was that bad uh, because she would do stuff like duck hunt and things. So... You know, you mm-hmm. got to be able to see somewhat well to shoot a duck. Yeah. But, um, you know, was that I, before I, I think... Annette that her eyesight went bad, or Annette did a whole well, documentary, there... or, yeah, audio documentary on this. The stories go. I, I it was for a tour, Charles. So I didn't do any filmmaking or recording anything. But mm-hmm. The story that I was under the impression of was that um, her eyesight was failing. So she gave up her work as an accountant, working with numbers and close to books and so forth. Um, but it, lots of people realize that she really just was kind of getting away from the rat race, doing something other than what the parents wanted. That, that's what I was always under the assumption of as well. Yeah, you know, well, when these reporters found her, she she really didn't want to be found. That's so right, I yeah. think... Yeah, so I think she would pepper her stories with bits of mistruths in order to throw people off. <laughs> that makes um, a lot of sense. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. now some of that's true. You know, she did get a job in Washington with the uh, naval office, and her job was a computer. Basically, she would crunch numbers all day uh, mm-hmm. to make up these charts and astro. Uh, uh, astral charts so that you know for plotting uh sea travel and there was very little hope of advancement in her career um and especially for women so so that's sure. what really threw her off and and I one of my favorite quotes from her is the everyday work life is akin to slavery <laughs> and so, you know, she just really, you know, she she gave it a year or two, and that was it. Um, she she went back and started work on a master's, which she didn't finish. And um, even though she says it wasn't because of this relationship she had had, um, she had let this Chicago paper publish some of her diaries and that's what it tends to look like is there was a failed romance and combine that with uh you know she she was a woman ahead of her time you know she would have been happy living today 
and being able to be advanced in her job and being paid as as much as men were and but but at the time she was very disillusioned with that and and she was a little unconventional too when people were dressing more like the Victorian style, you know, she would wear her hair short and wear pants at times and mm-hmm. so and you know, and, and and there's another part of the story. I'm going to try to get a psychologist or psychiatrist on to talk about it. But through some of her writings, journaling and such, I I think she actually went out there to kill herself. Oh. And and she kind of had an a, a moment where she just fell in love with the beauty of the area. And uh, being back into nature, and I think she just decided at that point to, okay, I'm I'm here. I'm just going to see if I can make it out here. Right. The story goes that she went to the dunes with, what, a blanket, a spoon. It was like a handful of items, nearly nothing. Right, right. Yeah. And hold up in a fishing shack or some little shanty type of a thing for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the interesting things is that she said she took two guns with her. Now, her her father had passed away. Uh, her, her mother had passed away at this point. So, uh, you know, she, she, she had an uncle that would kind of look after her, but where would a, a woman back in that time just get a couple of guns? You know, it's not like Chicago <laughs> today. Um, now, one theory that some people have is that the cabin she eventually inhabited belonged to an old hermit named George Blagg, who... Uh, he was an old Civil War veteran, and he was known to have some firearms. So my thinking is she might have found them when she was there and just used them to, you know, keep men of the area at bay and just keep herself safe. Okay. Makes sense. Charles, have you done any – have you considered making – uh, movies that would be just kind of like on a horror movie based on paranormal experiences or paranormal outings you've had like that. Uh, yeah, we've uh, yeah, the the whole paranormal genre is uh, what attracted me to doing these kind of things. Um, in fact, my production company, PRL Production, it, it actually stands for Paranormal Research League Productions. And, I mean more of a uh, fic- fictional movie than a reality. Oh. Um, yeah, no, uh, it, it, at this point, uh, documentaries are, are, are kind of what I'm focused on or more uh, like a ghost mm-hmm. hunting type thing um uh-huh. now jc rositas who uh he he did the documentary on whispers estate and sometimes i uh do paranormal investigating with him uh 
uh, he he's uh, interested in all kind of filmmaking. Yeah. And uh, he he's recently done a, a short film. Um, now I I'm no writer at all, but this Diana of the Dunes has started me writing a screenplay and uh, about her story. Um, mm-hmm. Now, at some point, I'm going to have to collaborate with someone because I've never wrote a script, and I'm just basing it on little things that I know. So having someone more professional would round it out and make it more presentable. Okay. All right. Well, this is a question. Uh, so where where the day the circus didn't come to town. Um mm-hmm. that's that's on DVDs, right? Uh yes, sir. Um I've been self promoting so it hasn't really done too well. Um, you know, I, I go around to the conventions. I had uh started a website through GoDaddy and mm-hmm. I, I kept that up for about a year. And I sold a grand total of one DVD. So I'm like, well, this just isn't worth it <laughs> to, to keep up. Have you tried thing. Amazon or eBay or any of that? Uh, I haven't at this point. Um, the 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 thing about Amazon is for for putting it on there or selling your DVD, they want roughly 50% of what you make. So if you sell it for 10, you're only going to get five. Yeah, but if you went fulfilled by Amazon, look up fulfilled by Amazon, and uh, okay, because I ran I ran an operation out of that until an injury from pro wrestling allowed me uh, kept me from doing it anymore. But um, you supply them the DVDs, and they take care of the rest. So um, oh, okay, yeah, FBA fulfilled by Amazon. Look that up. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. and that even knows I was doing that. Remember that? I was mm-hmm. doing that. Yeah. yeah, so I couldn't put up with the deal with the pain anymore. Um, mm. From that's all that's involved with what you do. So that might be a good outlet for you. Um, does it cost yeah, you? I have to check into that. Yeah, yeah. Remember where you heard it from. <laughs> um, Will do. <laughs> any. Haunted locations you've been to in the area, and let's skip the Batchers Grove um, mm-hmm. scenario. Any other locations they have basically stuck in the back of your mind as, wow, this is great. I'd like going here more often than that. Um, hmm. Yeah, just in the area, that's hard to pin down. Yeah. Um, Now, yeah, going outside the area, uh, there's a place called Gill House, and Mm -hmm. it's it's close to Mansfield, Ohio. Um, It's a historical house uh, that was owned by the Gill family, and uh the patriarch used to work for John Deere and i tell you i heard so much stuff that night and, and we spent the night there 
that I was mm-hmm. starting to doubt my sanity. Um, <laughs> like like the last thing I heard was like six in the morning was a kid asking for a glass of water, and uh, but yeah, we got a a lot of evidence out of there. Um, the home of serial killer Herb Baumeister. Um, that's mm-hmm. in Carmel, Illinois, right outside Indianapolis. Um, my, my God, I got like 450 EVPs. That's like the most I've gotten out of anywhere. Um, nice. Yeah, yeah, I got a really scary one. It almost sounds like somebody pleading for their life. It's like, please let me in. Won't you just please let me in? And I was like, whoa, that, that that one affected me when I heard that. Cool. I'll bet. Now, yeah. where can people find you if they want to find you or seek out some of your DVDs or anything like that? Um, well, they can find me on Facebook. Um, I have the Paranormal Research League Facebook page. They can just instant message me. And uh, as far as appearances, we got the uh, convention that Ursula Bilsky's putting on near the end of the month. Um, the uh, Haunted Chicago will we'll be at that one. I believe that's the 28th through the 30th. Mm-hmm. But they can find you on Facebook, then. They just type in Charles Williams. Uh, yep. Paranormal investigator or whatever, and find you that yes, way. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Okay, nice, nice, nice. Get that website back going. At least anything just to push you, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, and uh, check out the fulfilled by Amazon. Um, okay, will do. Matter of fact, they got they got pages on Facebook. Just type that in, FBA or FBA Amazon, and. They're instructional. They'll instruct you on how to get going and everything like that. On okay. Facebook, so, all right. Yeah, I'll take a look at that. Thank you for being our guest. There's a couple of things I want to talk tonight about, and uh, yeah, I hope to to be able to see that the data circus didn't come to town. So. Uh, yeah, I'll get you a copy of it. Yeah, yeah. Next, yeah, because I I, I kind of like that stuff. Um. So thank you, Charles, and uh, and yeah, thank you, uh, you know, for having me. If you want to get a hold of Annette, you can contact me for your next Diana of the Dunes. Maybe you can make her Diana. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh no. No, no. no. Okay. <laughs> uh, only in the best of weather. <laughs> okay. Okay. Going to rough Thanks it in the shack, huh? Yeah. Thank you, Charles. Sure. Thank thank you, sir. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. I like that idea, Annette. (laughs) Having me out there running around. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, with with two guns. Boom, boom, boom. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know, crazier things have happened, I'm sure. Well, we're getting... uh, Again, we're getting a few of our guests are coming from Indiana, kind of nice. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the new yeah. Chicago. 
No, you don't want it to be totally like Chicago, but you know. No, well, right. Yeah. 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 But lots of us are living here now, so. Yeah. Oh, that's what you mean. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thought has entered my mind. It jumped the state line. Matter of fact. Oh, really? Well, things are getting ridiculous in prices, and you know, um, going to be you know hitting. To, we're getting close to the uh, yeah retirement type of scenario semi-retirement type of scenario in the future. So um, not too far anyways. And uh, who needs all them taxes when you don't got nothing coming in? But uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we even let you off the hook for taxes on food here in Indiana. Yeah, and property tax too, I'm sure. Uh, well, we still pay property taxes. Uh, yeah, you do. You do. Now, we ain't going to compare online, that's for sure. But um, That's fine. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but we'd love to have I, so keep thinking about it. <laughs> announce your, yeah, and it seems like you you actually have better weather than we do over here, too. So a good portion. At least by where you live, you say it kind of skips over you all the time. So. It just flies over the top of us. Yes, it does. So I'm in a good spot at the edge yeah. of the lake. Yeah. Yes. All right. Um. Again, remind the people what you have going on next weekend, next year. Okay, so it's Pancake Breakfast with the Ghostbusters. And the Ghost, South Shore Ghostbusters will be live with us at the event. Starts at 8 a.m., goes to 11. Pancakes and sausages and orange juice and coffee will be served. It's $10 for adults, $7 for kids. Five years old and under are free. So come on out and uh, meet the Busters and... Have some spooky fun with us. Um, we're raising money for bat monitoring and research in Northwest Indiana. And we're trying. I'm trying to work out a deal to get a net out with a couple other individual readers for around um, St. Valentine's Day of next year. So to do readings mm-hmm. with all you people. We'll have some very uh, famous people, I think, and it's going to be good. Oh, yeah, there's, there's, well, hell. We, we will keep titles and everything to ourselves at this time, but we're working yeah. on that. And, um, but it's going to be exciting. Yeah, it will be different. And if one place don't want us, I know another place it does. Uh, matter of fact, you did readings at the other place, and you were, remember I held a paranormal thing there, and you came in just to do readings, and you were nonstop. In Chicago. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. There have been yes. a couple of times when we were nonstop. <laughs> yes. Yes. Hard to just to use the ladies' room or get a drink of water. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you usually don't say no when I ask you. <laughs> That's um, right. Yeah, if I set it up. Yeah. Um, remember, listeners, November 2nd, Saturday, November 2nd. Paranormal night at Senator John Humphrey's house. They're rare. They're far and in between. And this is going to be the time that we're doing it. And um, just go to edwardshanahan.com, look up the live events, and you'll see it there. It's the only thing there. And it's only half down. And the difference at the door, 
Annette, we got a very interesting guest I'm going to try to get for next in two weeks. And okay. until then, listeners, thank you. Y'all have a good week, good two weeks ahead. Um, last time Annette talked about temperature or the weather or whatever, what was it, the longest? Yeah, the longest day. Boy. Well, we it's were, been ju- we were just at the autumnal equinox, so we're in balance right now. For the moment, yeah. but we're headed towards the longest night, so the days are starting to get shorter. Yes, yes, and cooler, and uh, it's weird when it says, "Oh, it's going to be a warm day," and it says seventy-five. It's like, really, folks, come on, you know, eighty would be a warm day. But uh, Annette warned us it was coming. So, all right, listeners, thank you, <laughs> Annette. I will call you back in a little bit. And listeners, until two weeks from now, have a blessed two weeks ahead. Thank you. Good night, blessed day. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.